Welcome to Seizure Salad, Foster Cluck Epilepticus, a salty, slightly cynical account of epilepsy and neurological disorders, the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world, and a search for answers in efforts to rewire the mind and create a new life. Oh, and a whole lot of tangents. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B. I'm not going to go back and try to do the life I was doing, because that's obviously not the path. You know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die and I'm going to come back and I come back new enough by revamping everything I've already learned, making them more symmetrical in a way. Um, and then being able to look at things that I've never seen and then keep adding to the whole, to the whole system. And, and one is realizing that like, I don't necessarily care anymore that I'm not certified in any way of a coach or a consultant or this or that in a traditional system, because I didn't really learn traditional ways. And there's not many people on the planet that has gone out and learned the way I have by basically entering the dragon's mouth and, <laughs> and seeing what was inside of it. And um, now um, it's kind of exciting because uh, there's a new epileptologist coming uh, to Asheville and she's coming straight from the academics. So she's getting out of college. She's starting her new career. And so um, luckily I have a doctor's appointment with her, which I'm basically just going to turn into a meeting <laughs> and present to her basically this, Hey, do you, do you want to do what everybody else is doing in this, you know, so-called industry as you guys have made it? Yeah. Um, or let me tell you what up. A- us epileptics feel about yeah that. let me tell like, you or do you actually want to have influence do you want to turn your career into something that no one in your field has really done for us yet mm-hmm. um and not to just be another doctor on a list but to be a name that we know and trying to just not and be surely and we yeah, but to be real with her and be like, this is what we actually, you know, really need. And one of the things that, um, you know, I realized with We of the Storm, it needs to be, you know, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, you know, I'm going to make it look nice. It's going to look nice to look at, but the stuff I'm going to put into it isn't, it's not easy. It's not, it's not something to just be like, Oh, that's here are the five top things to help you feel better. You know, if you go to the epilepsy foundation website and you go to the page of like how to manage, you know, your lifestyle, it just gives you the, it's the most basic stuff about what is stress. It's like, are you kidding me? We all know what stress is probably more than, <laughs> than most. <laughs> I know what the fuck right. stress is. You don't have to give me a definition. Oh, how to defeat stress? Meditate. You know, mindfulness, yoga. I'm like, do you even know what you're talking about? Do you know what what facet of meditation you need? Do you know what, you know, do you even know what mindfulness is? Do you know even how to perform it? Do you even know how to teach somebody to perform it? And, but they don't go any further than that. Right. So it leads you to have to go and explore these things yourself with, I mean, nowadays there's so much mixed 
of everyone's a yoga instructor and everyone's a mindfulness master nowadays. And, and they have so much to say when at the end of the day, mindfulness is shutting the hell up and paying attention to one part in your body and being annoyed by your environment until it's not annoying anymore. <laughs> it's really straightforward. You know, if you sit for 10 days in silence and you pay attention to this spot and you let your mind go and you let yourself go crazy enough until it's just done and clear and you look at something and that you don't even have anything to say to it. You're just looking at it. That's mindfulness, you know? Then you can pay attention to what's happening. But that's not something that you can just, you know, go in and teach. That's something that has to be practiced. That's right. something that you have to get frustrated over. You have to feel that feeling because when you do it, those feelings of oh, and just utter, like, this is hard. I don't want to do this. I'm going to cry. All, that's the energy that turns and makes it worth it. So when you do it, that's the investment changing. And then you get empowered with as much as that as you put in. That's why easy stuff isn't that fun in the end, because there's not an exchange happening. You're not putting in max effort and being like, oh, my God, I almost died. And now I am this. And using those tough experiences, those wild experiences as an excuse to practice that. Because um, those experiences come no matter what. So it's our job to almost catch them, anticipate them, get hungry for them and wait for them. Like you're, you know, in the forest, haven't eaten for three days and you finally see a deer. <laughs> like, use that primal energy that you have as a human, but use it in a way of the wisdom that you have as being a soul. And when those challenges come, you're patient with them. You experience what you need to. You're not just trying to feel better through them. It's not the goal. You have to feel those different ways that we're terrified of. Um, and so when I, you know, felt all those things, the first thing in my mind is <laughs> I have to do something that smashes all the fear that I'm going to feel after this. Cause it's just like the first thing when you have a, you know, so-called bad experience is that survival mode of, I never want to experience anything like this again. Yeah. Ex yes. And it goes one way or the other of like, I'm going to hide from this forever or I'm going to smash through this. So I make sure I never experience this again, because the next time I experience something like this, I'm going to act differently. Um, and one route is way harder than the other. <laughs> I don't judge anyone for that, you know, chooses to go and hide from it. I, we all have chosen that one time or another. It's, you know, it's, it's constant with different things. Um, but when you can be mindful enough, when you have sit there and paid attention to one spot in your damn lip for <laughs> however long it took to, now you have enough awareness and mindfulness to be like, okay, I know this fear is going to come. I have felt this before. This has happened before. So now I'm going to use this fear to do something even more terrifying, but it's going to transform and become this excitement of beginning anew instead of having to rebuild the old. Um, yes. And so 
I mean, the only rational thing I came up with after going to the hospital is I need to learn how to climb mountains. <laughs> and so, you know, I've never been, you know, I've, I've traversed different kinds of things with no ropes and stuff like that before. And, um, but I haven't climbed like straight, I haven't free soloed, I haven't climbed straight slab or anything. Um, and I wanted to practice what, what ropes were like. And I just made a decision one night. I'm like, okay, I want to learn how to climb. I want to learn how to do this. And two nights later, I went to my good friend's house to let off some steam and play some music. And, um, you know, I was drumming for them pretty much all night. And uh, one of his good friends there, Tyler, he's an avid climber and stuff. And I asked him, I'm like, yeah, I, I need to learn how to climb. And he's like, I'll teach you everything. And set me up with the gear, you know, told me exactly what to get. Uh, him and his buddies, really good, you know, really good fan, like just tight knit group, really solid, know what they're doing. And um, yeah, so for the past month or so, he's just been teaching me everything he knows. And nice. um, got my harness, got my shoes, got everything I needed. And we've been going every week. And um, even just yesterday was my highest climb I've done so far. It was like a five, seven plus um it was hanging off this other you know at this other pitch and it was really just like each level was just really increased in there and you had to like haul yourself over um the different slabs never done it before and um it was like my second climb of the day so my body was already like a little worn and you can't see all the way up. So you get halfway over and you haul yourself over that first slab. And, you know, it goes way more up than you expect. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> I got halfway on the rock, you know, and I was just like having so much trouble with this hole. And your fingers are just getting cheese grated, you know. It's just oh, yeah. really, really slabby. And it's like kind of slate rock. And um, my shoes are all new. And so like you know, your toes feel like they're just they hurt so bad. Oh just God, yeah. Sitting there, like start to shake stuff like that, and just like turned around for a second and looked at the view. And just like, okay, I'm all right. Death is right here. He's got me. And it makes no sense to anyone like that, but it comforts me. You know, it's like death isn't this scary thing that's like hiding like a mountain lion, you know, following me. He's my best friend. He's an energy to me. He's a and I mean, it's not really a, a he in a sense, like it can be either one just p particular, but it's just an energy. And I was like, it's right there. It's fine. And because death for me has a sort of safety in it where it's like, yeah, you can lose your body like you lose your rope, but you can't die. You know, there is right. no death. Like I just got you and I'm going to take you somewhere else to take you home. Um, and so it's realizing too, of like, I don't want to be the one that died on a mountain scared. <laughs> you know, like I want to die on a mountain, like crushing this thing. And if I'm going to do it, um, and it just brought this like sense of, I've almost died doing a lot of other stupid things. I almost died having, you know, sitting in a chair, getting ready to have a seizure you know, right. and it right. just turned this energy of what I'm supposed to have as fear into this excitement of like, I'm living life right now, you know, and I just brought this, you know, smile on my face and it was just like, all right. And, um, 
all the fingers that were about to give out, you know, found strength. And on the foothold that wasn't really a hold, you know, you just made it a damn hold. And like, <laughs> it's just got the rest up this rock that I wasn't really supposed to be able to climb. And I got on top of it. And it's just like that realization of this is what humans are built for. Mm-hmm. We're built for perseverance. We're built for all that. Cause every time we watch movies, we watch shows that have it in it. We all have that same feeling of like, Oh wow. You know, like I want to, even as little kids, you know, we, we mirror that instantly, you know, we want to be that. And I think, we're so used to mirroring it and finding it in other places that we forget that we inherently have and own that within ourselves. Um, yeah. Until you do something that's like that. Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, georgewatsky.com. Original logo painting by Brent Olson of Olson Studios. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat, just keep listening. And join us again soon for another episode of Seizure Salad. Until then, remember, unexpect the expected, and that it's all in your head. <laughs>